It's just stirring, stirring, stirring. Hallelujah. God is teaching us to care one for another. We're spending a season now in learning what it is to care. And that prophetic word about a wineskin, a new wineskin, this is the wineskin I truly believe that God wants us to have. It is the compassion of Christ. It is unique. It is something otherworldly. It's not what we understand and what we know. It's, it's of a supernatural compassion. You and I can't handle that kind of compassion without the aid of the Holy Spirit. And He wants to pour in with such compassion in us. And so this morning I want to help you continue to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ and follow after Him. And we're going to continue to see what God is saying about this new wineskin that you are becoming. Holding the very compassion of Christ in his heart. Father, would you help us this morning comprehend your heartbeat. Comprehend your, your heart and your word and your love which is found in Christ Jesus. Which is now poured into our hearts that this wineskin would expand. Religion can't hold it. We can't, Lord God, comprehend it. It's something of the supernatural element of your own nature. And you want it to fill the earth. And you're expanding our capacities. That's why an old form can't hold what you're expanding us into. And we receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a difference between empathy and compassion. Now, to understand what empathy is, empathy is the emotional sharing of the feelings of another. To empathize with someone. You know, it's like, oh. I get it. Oh, that's too bad. We feel that quite often. Many of you are empathetic towards plights and problems, right? Even the world can be empathetic. They they hear the song and they see the dogs on the commercial that are abused and they feel very sad for those dogs. Yet, may I say that as a nation, we obliterate babies in the wombs, but we can feel bad about canines. Something's wrong in the empathy there. But empathy is having a care for someone. But compassion goes further than that. Compassion is an action. Compassion is uh, the, the unction and desire to act. It goes further than empathy. Jesus didn't call us to empathize with people. He told us to have compassion on people. So it is an emotional response that leads to an action. And it is the people of God who must act on the things of the Lord. Uh, Give you a chart or a comparison. There is the apathy, where most people just don't care. Then there's empathy, where we really want to care somehow. That's bad. Maybe we'll pray. But then there's compassion, that you become the answer to the very prayers you've prayed. God touch their lives, and God would say, move past empathy, and you touch their life. Have compassion, and move in on this situation. Well, I prayed for their healing. Then take it to the next level. If they're not healed, then minister to their sickness and their woundedness. But have compassion, and make it have life. You've heard the saying before, that people do not care how much you know until they know How much you care. You know, so often in our witnessing and in our evangelism, 
we feel bad for people in their sin and we'll give them a track or say a few words to them. Uh, sometimes when there are catastrophes, the church shows up with water and food and, and we'll give you the water and food if you first let us preach to you. And, and I'm telling you what, they'll, they'll say whatever you want them to say just so they can get the water and food. I've seen it, I've witnessed it enough. You want me to be a Muslim for that hamburger? I'll be a Muslim. Give it to me. Uh, I guess hamburger's the wrong choice, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> you, you want me to have that water? I'll take it. I'll say whatever you want me to say. I've seen it over and over. But when you have compassion, you give them, and then they want to hear why you gave them what you gave them. So compassion goes further than just lip service. Amen. And so what we need to understand is why we lack compassion. There's real reasons here. And so in our world right now, number one is we don't have enough time. We're just too busy. Now this is true about most of us. We're too busy. Being too busy is an enemy of compassion. And Jesus told the story about the Good Samaritan. When the man asked, who is my neighbor? And, and the concept of hospitality is loving the stranger. That's the true emphasis of hospitality. That word means uh, the love of a stranger. We consider hospitality inviting our friends over for a meal. That's not hospitality. That's called friendship. Hospitality is caring for the stranger. And he says, who's my neighbor? And Jesus goes into the story of the Good Samaritan. And who does he pick as the lead role in this story? The people that Israel hates. He's the hero. But what's interesting is the Levite passes by and the Pharisee passes by, the scribe passes by, and what happens? They're too busy. They've got things to do for the Lord. The priest needs to go to the temple. He doesn't want to get unclean. There's a bloody mess right here. Can't. I belong to God. Got to go worship. And so often our compassion is, is, is stilted. It's, it's limited because we're too busy. I can't take this on too. I've got too many other things. And so we need to begin to become more available for the interruptions. How many times was Jesus on his way to heal somebody and someone interrupted that ministry and Jesus would stop? Remember that as he's going to heal Jairus' son or, or whoever it was that that son was dying or daughter was dying and he's on his way. A woman with an issue of blood touches him. He stops in the middle of this crowd that's pressing in and, and Peter's like, what are you stopping for? Someone touched me. We all touched you. Someone's dying. We gotta go. No. The Lord is in control of our time. If you actually believe you're a disciple and follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, He sets your pace for the day. Not your calendar, not your phone, and not you. That was for me. I'm talking that way to me. If you need it, take it. But how often are we not led of the Holy Spirit? Compassion is of the Spirit. Let's remember that. It is of the Spirit. It is an anointing of the Spirit. It is feeling the surge of God's own heart. And we can easily cause the dove of the Holy Spirit to fly away because we're too agitated. And so compassion has to land on us and we have to be ready and available at any time with the resources God has given us. Amen? Search that in your own heart and consider it. Secondly, we're so self-centered. If we are focused on ourselves so much, we won't notice the needs of others. 
And may I say that we have a healthy dose of preoccupation with moi. We do. Isn't it fascinating? You would think when people had cameras that they'd be taking pictures of, well, they do. They take pictures of their dessert. They take pictures of (laughs) birds on a hill, right? But half the time, it's pictures of ourselves. Look at me. I'm here. (laughs) It's silly. But we really are self-centered. We're self-consumed. And compassion is the definition of agape. Agape love is a self-sacrificing love. Jesus wasn't concerned with himself. He was so unconcerned with himself that the words he spoke and the actions he did were all for the Father and not himself. And he enjoyed it. He would pray early in the morning. He would pray at night to hear what Father wanted done. And this is compassion. Jesus was moved continually by compassion. He was interrupted by the Father's heart that stirred in him. It wasn't about him. And so we need to make sure that we're not preoccupied with our problems and troubles. Many of us will skip caring for someone because we've got enough of our own problems. Can I encourage you that the way you're going to heal through your problems and your sorrow is to help somebody else? It's the key to healing. What happens is we lick our wounds so much the scab never heals. And so if you'd put a bandage on it, put a Holy Spirit bandage on it and say, God, heal me now. i got to get back to caring for somebody else. You will find healing moving in your life in a new dimension. Here's the third problem as to why we're not as compassionate. We're prejudiced people. I don't care what color you are, we're prejudiced. We're prejudiced about age. We're prejudiced about money and finance, economic stature. We're prejudiced about culture. We're prejudiced... Uh, about gender, we're prejudiced about uh, what sin and not a sin. We're a prejudiced people, and what prejudice is is a preconceived opinion that's not based on reason or reality. It's a concept. Uh, uh, we, we're in a war right now where we are prejudiced between Democrat and Republican. We lump all people. All Democrats are like this. They're all this. All Republicans are like this. They're all that. That's ridiculous. And it is not the compassion of Jesus Christ. Stop putting labels on people. And that's what the story of the Good Samaritan, a Samaritan man saw a Jewish man lying in a ditch, beat up, bloodied, and he stopped and he cared for the man. He would know by labels he's not supposed to be with that man, not supposed to touch that man. He wouldn't give a nickel for that man. He knows that man wouldn't do it for him, but that's the compassion Jesus is talking about. It transforms and it transcends our prejudice. How many of you will give your last nickel and dime to a transgender person? You may not agree with the sin they're in, the failure they're in, but will the compassion of Jesus touch their lives? Coming through you. Come on, people. This is truly the compassion. Did Jesus die for that person? Who did Jesus die for, by the way? Just the people we want to choose to uh, evangelize? If he died for everyone, everyone deserves the compassion of Christ. And I'm a carrier. We've got to break the prejudice in the church if you're ever going to share the compassion of Jesus. And last of all, it's just that we're so darn ignorant of it. 
in all reality, I'm just ignorant of the compassion of Christ because you and I didn't grow up with that kind of compassion. Oh, we've felt compassion before, but this is in a whole new dimension. It isn't until you come into a place of worship and come into a place of brokenness, come into a place where you recognize the compassion God has had on you. That's what communion's all about, why we take the bread and the wine, because we become broken like that bread, recognizing that the compassion of God forgave me, me of my sins, and the continual forgiveness that abides on me even when I continue to sin in his presence. That's us. To know this compassion that goes beyond our our understanding. You may have never had this. You didn't have a good mother. You didn't have a good father or a good friend that had such care and compassion. It's, It's hard to drum it up for somebody else. I don't know this feeling. Some of you are perplexed when when God hits you with that compassion. You don't know what to do with it. I get it. Along with this is is the fear of it. In all honesty, the the, the fear of this compassion. When the compassion of Christ comes on you, it can scare you. Because you don't know what to do and you become afraid because you're afraid to become close to someone with that kind of compassion. You, you, you can easily be broken under the compassion of Jesus and, and it scares you because you've been wounded by people you have loved. And so to have compassion on someone, you know you're opening your heart up again. But Jesus is calling you to the cross. And the cross is not an easy place to go to. And so this compassion that we're to have and this new wineskin of compassion beyond what we have ever conceived is going to scare us to death because it is calling us to death. And I've loved and been hurt and been devastated and when I know the compassion's coming and I know, oh, not again. Are you sure I have to go to that place? And you're to lay down your life for the sake of that person. And it works. That compassion can melt the most stony heart that there is. So God's calling us. Now there's three components typically that we need for compassion. One is we need to feel that the problem someone's having is serious. Right? I mean, some people cry and bellyache and and it's like, oh, you stubbed your toe, really? I've just been hit by a Mack truck. I'm not really feeling the, I'm not feeling it. Right? How many of you know that? Some people, you know, they're whining, they're this and that, and the compassion's just a little bit, you know, like with your kids. I love seeing my kids in distress with their kids. I always wondered why we didn't react so quickly. It's because they're saying daddy 7,000 times. And you know that the compassion isn't necessary at this time. And they're learning that. And they're going, oh, now I get it. So in order, we need to realize that there's, there's a real need there. Secondly, uh, we have to understand that it's not self-inflicted. Now, this is an interesting concept because 
you know, we can get to the place where there's a guy on the street, he's asking for money, right, he's begging and this and that, and you're going like, dude, get a job, you know, for the amount of time you've been at this corner for 13 years, right, get your dog, some dog food, I don't know if you've seen the guy down at uh, 21 Mile, anyway, um, <laughs> you know, they got a shtick, they're playing it, they're doing it, and, and it's like, I don't know, you know, is this... Uh, and so you have to discern, is this real, is it not? But there are addicts who are always wanting money, always wanting finance, and you know it's self-induced, but at the same time, they're under the weight of an addiction and sin they can't get out of. They need help. And so now my compassion has to go to where I could help them best. And so we've got to work on that. And then real compassion comes when you begin to see yourself in the similar situation. And the key to the best compassion is for you to recognize the depth of your own depravity and sin that i too could fall i too could go this way but by the grace of god i'll stand and i can minister and help the other component is that unction of the holy spirit that despite how you feel despite what you think despite how you discern this thing he says do it and you do it that's the compassion of the Holy Spirit. That's the compassion of God. Look at what uh, Peter, uh, when he's preaching to Cornelius, he's summarizing the ministry of Jesus. And I love this. At Cornelius' house in Acts 10, 38, he said, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went around, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. God was with him. How could you tell God was with him? Well, he cast out demons and he healed the sick. He basically did good. This is the nature of God. Goodness. Pure goodness. Oh, we need to discover what goodness is. What is good? There's no shadow of turning in it. There's no falseness in it. There's no lie. There's no deceit. There's no conceit. It's it's pure. It's pure good. It is given unto the, uh, the other without any strings attached, without any payback for anything. It is just the love of God being good. And Jesus was the embodiment of God's own heart. Nothing can separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. He is the love of God. John 1, 14 or 18. He, he came from the bosom of the Father. He is the Father's heart. And so what would you expect the Father's heart to do in a broken world? Good. Good. And I want that said about my life. He did good. He did good. He cared. He showed up and he gave. And this is what God is calling us to be as a people. It's the nature of God and how he acts. And it's the compassion of Jesus. Let me share with you some of the compassion the good that jesus did john first john four nineteen says we love because he first loved us i can have compassion when i know the compassion that's been given to me you first need to know that you're loved by god this is a real problem in the church many of you don't know that you're loved by god you can't receive that love if you can't receive the love of jesus if you don't know the depth and the wealth of the love of jesus you're finding it hard to love others and so how can I show compassion to someone else if I don't know that compassion for me? Oh, God loves you so much. 
This is not a, a, a syrupy, greasy message that's sloppy. No, no, no. This is a love that is unbelievable, undeniable, unfathomable. It is a love that for you, God moved heaven and earth and came to have blood, to bleed for you, to purchase your salvation, to rise from the dead so that you could be with him eternally. He loves you. He loves you. When you know this love, now it's activated in you. And you can't stop it from, from coming out of you. It gets a little crazy sometimes. It, gets, it interrupts and it, and, it, and it bothers you. Because it's foreign. It comes from Him. It's transcendent. And sometimes you can't help it. You begin noticing that you're crying about everything. I cry at parades. I see a parade, I cry. It's like, Why? It's just the unity of a people walking in lockstep and celebrating something. And I go, <laughs> beautiful. Everything's beautiful. Cry at commercials. You cry at this. You cry at that. This compassion begins to ooze out of you. And, and, and this is what motivates us. And the more you know the love of God, the more you will love others. It's, it's just the equation. And so when we look at what Jesus did, I want you to know this. Please write this down. Know this. Extraordinary things happen when a climate of love is present. When that compassion and extraordinary love shows up, extraordinary things start happening. We want to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit poured out, move out, and so forth. Can I tell you, the oil of the Holy Spirit is that compassion, the joy. God delights in pleasing his people and doing good among us. If Jesus continually did good while he ministered on the earth, what do you think he's going to keep doing while he's sitting on the throne? Right? He's doing good right now. Ministering and giving to us. Some of the things Jesus did. In Mark chapter 1, verse 41, there was a leper who came unto Jesus. He kneeled down before him and he begged and he cried out, Oh, oh, Jesus, if you will, you will make me clean. Can you make me clean? And it says, The Lord moved with compassion. Moved with compassion. The Greek word literally is the word for intestines. In other words, his bowels of mercy, that's an old King James reference. He was moved in his gut. The, the soul of Jesus was so moved at the need of this man and the cry, will you? And Jesus responded, I will. I will. And it's not just a response to will you. That word in the Greek for I will gives the senses. I delight in this. I will. I always will because it is what I want to do. God is compassionate through Christ and Christ always wills to the request of His people. He answers prayer. And his heart of compassion was moved and stirred. That same moving and stirring that was in Jesus is the very spirit that's in you and I. It's the stirring and the, and the, 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 the groaning of the Holy Spirit in us. You're a compassionate person. You're compassionate people. And I want to turn that switch on to the next level of compassion. I want us to go to the next level. So that when this thing moves, it's going to move and the wineskin's going to enlarge. Your capacity for compassion and caring for people is going to be outrageous. 
You're going to be an independent agent. You're not going to belong to this political system, that political system, this economic system, this particular race, that particular people. You're a person of the kingdom of God. You can infiltrate any area because the compassion of God doesn't stop at a color line, doesn't stop at a paycheck line, doesn't stop at the type of house, doesn't stop at their religion. You'll infiltrate anywhere. You'll speak to anyone because the compassion of Jesus is bringing the truth into their lives. Come on. I can't wait. This is going to be exciting. Matthew 9, 36, seeing the people, Jesus felt compassion for them, for they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. We've got ourselves a shepherd, people. His name is Jesus. He will never leave us, nor, nor will he ever betray us or forsake us. Amen? Amen? We have a shepherd whose compassion is on us. Matthew 14, 14, when he went ashore, a large crowd followed, and he felt compassion for them, and he healed the sick. You know when that was? That was at night when Jesus had heard the news about John the Baptist. He was upset. He was moved and wounded at the greatest Old Testament prophet, now dead, beheaded. And he told his apostles, let's go to the quiet place on the other side of the shore where we can pray and where we can talk. And as he's mourning the, the, his cousin's death, uh, as he goes over and he begins to weep, the crowds of people just followed him. Now, he could have said, look it, I gave you all day yesterday. I need some me time. I need some me time. I'm a little worn out. I'm a little depressed. I'm sad by what the news I got. But that's not the compassion of God. The compassion of God in him stirred, and he saw the multitudes, and instead of taking a break, he gave them the break. He said, yes, I'll break off the chains of darkness. I'll break off the demons, and I'll break off the sickness compassion doesn't worry about if you're tired or not compassion doesn't restrain if you're got a sore hip or a sore arm compassion moves past the pain past the weariness and it's the love of god just issuing out of us this is superhuman this is a supernatural move of god when you get in that kind of love supernatural things happen like crazy I'll never forget the time the service was over and uh, this woman had a, a, a ruptured disc in her back and as we were walking out, I was an associate pastor at Bethel Church, uh, we were walking out and I said, you didn't go up for prayer. We had prayer lines. You didn't go up. I said, no, I, I didn't want to go up. I said, look, we got to go up there. You need prayer. She said, no, I, I, it's already over. I said, let's get up there. So we walked up there, and the pastor was up front. He began to pray for her, and miraculously, she was instantly healed. And the first thing she said was, He loves me! Compassion ministered into that back. And she knew it was the compassion of God that healed her. Matthew 20, verse 34, moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes, and immediately they regained their sight and followed him. You see, compassion is key to the ministry and to the move of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was moved with compassion. That compassion is the unction of God's will. Anytime God's will is to do something, it's going to come with compassion. The action to do something. The action to do something. Now listen, you can have compassion to stand up for justice. To have compassion to say enough is enough. 
doesn't have to be all soft and fluffy. Compassion is an action for the love of God and the justice of God. Does this make sense to you? So it is an action that we take. And one of the most beautiful actions ever taken is what Jesus continues to do in heaven. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 says this. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet he is without sin. That word sympathize is the same word, some translations say, that cannot be touched. He is touched. In other words, he knows the feeling. He knows what it feels like. He knows the sensation. He understands what temptation is. He's seen it. He's uh, understood it. He was afflicted by it, but he resisted it. But what he says is, I know what you're going through. That's compassion. But beyond just empathy for what we're going through, he acts upon it with compassion. That's my Jesus. That's the Lord. So, in conclusion to this, I want to share with you the essentials of doing likewise. Jesus said what you have seen here. Now, go and do likewise. Do you know when he said that? At the end of the parable of the Good Samaritan. Again, compassion. That was a story about compassion that turned the cultural understanding of Judaism on its ear. To hear a story about the hero being a Samaritan, helping beyond what they could, and the man paying for his room and board. And then Jesus asked the question, so uh, who was his neighbor? The person in need. That's true hospitality. That's true compassion. And Jesus said, yeah, you got it. Now go and do likewise. And so the ABCs of the ministry of Jesus. John G. Lake would use this in his healing ministry. If you don't know who John G. Lake is, take the afternoon, rest, and study John G. Lake and witness the healing ministry of this man that is uncomparable in in modern history. And the reason his ministry flowed so well is these ABCs that he preached and taught to all his people involved in the healing ministry of Jesus. Number one, availability. Didn't we start off with that? Talking about being too busy, unavailable, too preoccupied, and so forth. Number one, if you want to move in the healing of Jesus Christ, winning souls and touching people's lives, number one, you have to be available and ready at any time. Any time. Number two, Bold believing. You've got to believe that what God said in this word is true. That no matter how many promises he made, they're yes in Christ Jesus, you just got to declare the amen. The so be it. Start being bold. Start declaring. Start speaking. Look, at if the answer doesn't come the way you expect it, don't worry, God's got this thing. He's compassionate and he's good. Just keep watching. Keep moving. But have bold believing. And third is compassion. Compassion. It is an unction of the Holy Spirit for us to move under such compassion. And this is what he asks us to do. So that in these coming days, people are going to ask, what has happened to Christianity? And they're going to see a shift in the church that moves supernaturally into a compassion. We're not going to argue anymore with you. 
We're going to show you the love of God. We're not going to win the debate anymore by our clear, logical, apologetic approach, though that is valuable, valuable, valuable. But the action I'm going to show you is going to overwhelm you because you just met Jesus. That is the compassion of Christ flowing out of us. Let us go and do likewise. Amen? Amen. Stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Precious Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I am praying right now.